Me, Karen Co. It is five past two on Friday afternoon. And because it's five past two on Friday afternoon, it's time for Frisky Friday, my regular segment <laughs> about sex and sexuality. And today we're talking about a form of gender inequality, which uh, I'm hearing about increasingly. It's not the gender wage gap, it's the orgasm gap. And I'm joined in the studio by sex coach Sarah Tang to tell us more. Sarah, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me here on Frisky Fridays, yeah. my favorite day of the week. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll tell listeners that we're also on Facebook Live. So if you go to my Facebook page, Karen, on RTHK Radio 3, you can see as well as hear Sarah there. Mm-hmm. So Sarah, tell us what is the orgasm gap? The orgasm gap actually originates from a statistic from the Journal of Sexual Medicine. And it's a statistic that actually says that men have more likelihood of of reaching an orgasm in a heterosexual interaction than women. So the gap is about 85% of men reach orgasm in in an interaction versus 65% for women. That's pretty significant. And it can actually be even wider if it is, that's the statistic for familiar partners. So if you're in a relationship with each other, it, that gap can e- even be wider if you're in a hookup situation. So if you're in a casual situation, then it can be just like almost like a 50 to 90% gap. Wow. Yeah. That, and why does that come about? Um, come about is kind of a bit of a come about. Pun. Is, Sorry about that. <laughs> this this show is going to be about? not come about. Uh, Unfortunately, I think the very root of it is cultural, uh, not biological. Um, And I think it comes from a lot of misplaced cultural beliefs about... um, I think it starts with women, to be honest. Uh, The the first is that women's sort of sexuality has kind of been shrouded in a lot of like myth and misconception since the days of Freud and even before then. And this idea that uh, women's like orgasm is more elusive than men's. It's still something that I think is very deep-rooted today. And then the idea as well that women maybe aren't good enough advocates for their own pleasure, I think is also um, really important to mention. well, firstly, we don't really talk enough about sex right, anyway. Yes. People find it difficult. But this idea that women are not putting enough of a priority on their own pleasure, perhaps because they don't know what they need um, or because they might be embarrassed to say or they're just embarrassed to sort of... They're just too shy to put themselves forward um, in the bedroom. Um, then compound that with this idea that this is this sort of pervading idea in society right now that sex equals intercourse, right. equals penetration. Yeah. So there's this big focus on penetration. And that is, you know, reinforced by sort of mainstream movies, pop culture, porn, porn of, course, yeah. of course. And ultimately, um, intercourse uh, is really not the best way for women to reach an orgasm. Well, let's break down some of those things, the the sort of cultural and, um, I suppose, emotional or mental side first. So is it that women often, maybe historically through their sex education or being shamed or embarrassed, they don't feel entitled to have an orgasm, that it's not something that is expected each time they have Mm -hmm. sex. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think there are many things that come into this. I think uh, bad sex education is 
bad across the board. Yes. So for all genders, it's bad. Um, but I think particularly for women, there is maybe this idea that, that um, we don't really explore our bodies uh, enough. Um, for example, like with with men w- from a very young age, because the genitals are more easily available, yeah. easily visible, external. Yeah. external um, they're obviously uh, well engaged with more regularly. Right? Let's just yes. put it that way. <laughs> they have, they're playing more often. <laughs> they're playing more often. Whereas for women, uh, there are actually a lot of women who don't really know their bodies um, that well, so therefore aren't able to really access that. Uh, pleasure easily um, there's also other things in terms of um, because there is this focus on penetration and there is this myth that women should actually just be able to have orgasms from penetration and there isn't enough sort of pleasure education about how women actually experience pleasure through the clitoris right. versus the Vagina, which, right? Which I believe from research is m- most women will mm-hmm. not orgasm from um, a yes. pin- intercourse, but will from clitoral stimulation. Mm-hmm. Up to 70%. And if you actually read the, mo- the most recent research is that um, they found the sort of the 3D, so they've done like 3D MRI scans right. on the clitoris, and they've actually realized that the clitoris is such a a lot, a much larger structure than what you can initially see on the outside. So they actually say that even the women who are having orgasms from sort of the internal stimulation are actually also having their sort of the sort of the internal parts of the clitoris stimulated. So ultimately, all the reach it all comes back to the clitoris. Right. Yes. So there needs to be more clitoral education, right? It, there needs to be more clitoral. Yes, people need to get more clitoris. This Clitoral, is what I, I like that. to say. Like, why, there needs to be more clitoracy. Why, why hasn't there been more clitoracy until now? Well, I think for a really long time, we didn't really understand the the female sexuality and, and the female body. So that um, sort of that MRI study that was done scientifically was only done, uh, I would say, in the last decade. Or so. So, um, and if you actually think of that in terms of the scientific progress that we've made in terms of like mapping out the entire human genome, they've not done an MRI of the clitoral structure. So it just seems um, low priority research, very, very low priority research. And that's been um, something that has existed for like uh, decades in terms of like scientific priority. And because we don't have a lot of those facts and science behind it, then it's hard to sort of have the the education, right? So um, and especially if women themselves are sort of reluctant sometimes to explore on their own, um, either through masturbation or, or so on. And, and we're also looking at all of these other cultural sources that put the focus much more on, on male pleasure mm. than on female pleasure. Then you get sort of this female sexuality, which has just been sort of hidden and not really very well understood. Mm. Yeah. So in, in the work that you do when you're coaching clients, do mm. you, do you come across this complaint a lot? Yes, I do come across this complaint. In fact, I actually come across it in terms of 
um, fact that women don't even have orgasms at all. Mm-hmm. So that so the gap is even wider. A lot of the clients that I work with, or, or maybe because they seek me out because they find that they're not actually even having orgasms with a partner. And this could be on both levels. Some of them have never even had an orgasm at all, or some of them maybe have orgasms by themselves, but then with a partner, they just unable to. And yeah. is that disappointing both for the partner and for the woman as well? Yeah, absolutely. Because in a heterosexual interaction, I think your partner wants to be able to give pleasure as well. And I think when we think of all the most successful um, and the most wonderful uh, sexual interactions, it's all about giving and receiving pleasure. And I think sometimes also us women maybe don't do enough, uh, don't do ourselves favors because we put the priority of pleasure on giving pleasure rather than on receiving pleasure. But in my mind, receiving pleasure is just as much of a gift. You know, it's like when somebody gives you a compliment, right? So when someone gives you a compliment, you know, instead of just you know, being able to receive that and say, thank you, instead of going, oh, no, 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 you know, it makes the other person feel good when you've actually received that and said, oh, you know, thanks, that actually really made my day. And the other person was like, yeah, I, I gave you that. So I think maybe reframing the idea of like, the importance of receiving pleasure, and knowing that it's actually really in its a gift in its own form to mm. your partner. I think it's also a really important reframe. Yeah. So yeah. for so for men who are interested in giving, yes. you know, giving their partner an orgasm, should they really not be focusing so much on just on intercourse? They should well, there's a lo- lots of things. They definitely one one of the first things that they should do is probably communicate with their partner on in terms of what their partner needs and likes and desires and wants and just make sex just an ongoing conversation which is easy to talk with because perhaps um perhaps your your partner doesn't feel like they can tell you what they want or feels embarrassed or somehow you know that they might be rejected because i think all talking about sex is ultimately a very vulnerable yes. conversation mm. so i think before even you know focusing on penetration or the before the mechanics i would say focus on the the communication and and make sure that you're always checking in always asking you know is this working for you and then after that, then moving on to the mechanics. The <laughs> the mechanics. Uh, definitely the less of a focus on penetration is good. I think the you know, one of the things that I always really like to say is, you know, make foreplay the main event, right. you know, because people have this idea that um foreplay is really just something that you do as like it's like an appetizer mm, right and it's, before it the main course it doesn't right. really it doesn't really count you really want to get to the main course as soon as possible and i think with sex that's not really true i think what you really want to do is um focus a lot more on foreplay some you can even make it the main event and i think when you're doing the foreplay itself you know make make sure that there is you know more direct clitoral stimulation 
um, than just you know just going for penetration. I mean, there there are actually there may be actually many women who do enjoy penetration, but maybe it's you know let your woman give you that cue. Right. Let right. let her say, okay, you know, I'm I'm ready to, you know, I'm re- I'm ready to go on to penetration or whatever. But you know, maybe men just take a step back and try not to dictate the pace all the time and you know let the women maybe dictate some of that pace mm. as well might be good yeah because i think you're right in in popular culture and of course in porn there's always a rush to mm-hmm. penetration but yeah. then you know the fact is I guess, I mean, inter- what I've read, intercourse on average only lasts three to five minutes. Yes, it does. That's yeah. not very long. Absolutely. And then in all of the studies I've read, they, they always say uh, foreplay, you know, on average is like seven minutes. But when you ask what people wish, how long they wish foreplay would be, it extends to like 13 to 15 minutes. So yeah. people wish... Uh, again, all genders, men, women, all genders, they they actually wish that they spent longer on um, foreplay. So, mm. and, and I think being able to stimulate actually the clitoris, I mean, focusing on that specifically in your foreplay is also really, really important. Um, you know, making sure that you, and you can do this through a variety of so like manual techniques, oral techniques mm-hmm. are great. Um, but also like there's lots of sex toys um, that could also be used uh, in foreplay and during penetration mm-hmm. to make sure that you, there is like sort of adequate clitoral stimulation. Yeah. yeah. And then people obviously, um, having an orgasm is wonderful. It's great. But if there's too much pressure around yes. it, that can also kind of kill the vibe, mm. right? Absolutely. And actually, it can kill the vibe and it can actually result in no orgasm or it can result in fake orgasms oh, as well. fake orgasms, <laughs> Women, yes. Never yes, heard of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What? <laughs> so that can also, I mean, and, and that's bad for everybody, right? Yeah. Fake orgasms aren't good for, um, they aren't good for the women. They aren't also good for your partner because ultimately you are rewarding um, that kind of bad behavior. Mm. You know, you're, you're actually... Well, you're not communicating properly, right? You're not communicating. It, a fake orgasm in itself is a form of communication, but it's right. actually communicating the wrong thing. Yeah. It, do many women in particular fake orgasms? Is there any data on that? I don't know if there is data on that. I mean, but I think intuitively and anecdotally, yeah. I would say most women have faked at least an orgasm or yeah. so, whereas it it's a little less common with men. And I, I think as well, this thing with the statistic as well, I think it's probably something that we intuitively know already. I think that Journal of Sexual Medicine statistic is just telling you how big that gap is. But I think if you actually think you know, about your own interactions, it's probably something that feels familiar. Mm, yeah, 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 exactly. So then for, for women, just... Um, talking about themselves if mm. they I say they don't know their bodies well or they've never had an orgasm what what's the best way for them to explore and know that oh this is it this is what it feels like or this is what mm-hmm. it's supposed to feel like yeah I, uh, well firstly I think it's a mindset thing right so making sure that you're in the right mindset to really claim pleasure for yourself is very very important that's what I work with a lot of my clients with um, because I think a lot of the times they focus on 
pleasure for somebody else in the bedroom. They haven't claimed it for themselves. And that is already the probably the most important in, in terms of making sure that they're empowered enough to um, be able to have an orgasm. Um, and, and then again, the rest is then sort of mechanics, you know, but it is sort of exploration. Um, and then it's being able to also try to um, it's also being able to connect your mind with your body mm-hmm. as well. And this is probably something that, you know, we, we understand a lot more with mental health these days. But being able to connect what you desire, what you fantasize about, what you really find sexy and being able to own that is very important. Because once you have that, then you're able to access it and, and your body ultimately will just follow, right? Um, but again, because we have so many blocks with, we have a lot of limiting beliefs with women, you know, we, we've got the sort of good girl syndrome, right, you know, yes. um, it's something I personally grew up with, to be honest, because I grew like, up like in sex Singapore. Was shameful sex was shameful. It was only for making babies. It, only for making babies, mm-hmm. you know, good girls don't do that, you know, they... Um, so it's a lot of mindset work, I would say, like even when I'm working with clients and starting with that and being able to actually just find what makes you, what find what turns you on, find what makes you sexy is mm-hmm. really, really important. Um, and then, of course, you know, if we're talking mechanics, then, you know, in terms of body, body confidence, you know, looking and seeing where everything is is yeah. so important. Just like, knowing your own body, right? Uh, knowing your own mm-hmm. body, what are your, you know, zones of pleasure, you know. Not everybody likes being stimulated even on the clitoris in exactly the same way. There's so many, so many different techniques. You can look on um, one of the resources I always recommend is OMGS. Okay. Um, is it a website? It is, uh, yeah, it's a website. Okay, OMGS. All right. Oh, OMG, yes. <laughs> that should be the way that we were saying uh-huh. it. So that's something I recommend because um, it's a it's based on like a study from the University of Indiana, I believe, and the Kinsey Institute. And actually, it shows in real life in a non, I would say, in a non sort of sex, overly sexualized context, women actually talking about the different ways that they use to stimulate themselves mm. and that the different ways that they experience pleasure. And I think when you watch that and you subscribe to that, you realize how different sexuality is interpreted and expressed by everybody. So even what works for one woman be completely different you know to another person and maybe that's a tip for partners as well you know with the communication yeah. make sure you ask what is it you know what's working for and you I, you know i think what i'm getting from all this is this is worth taking time to explore it shouldn't be just something that you assume is going to happen yeah. somehow yeah. without actually learning just like any other thing you would do in life yeah right? so, so sex is a skill right and yeah. and that's also one of the limiting beliefs that we have they we believe that orgasms should be these effortless spontaneous i don't really have to learn much it just should happen naturally and i think for some people who are very lucky they do and that's awesome and for some people they really have to learn about it right yeah, yeah. well sarah this has been really interesting really great and hopefully we're step by step changing the narrative around female pleasure yes. and and giving women um you know the the feeling that it's okay to enjoy pleasure absolutely yeah. i hope so too well thanks so much for coming in for today's frisky friday it's been great talking to you thank you
And we've been speaking with Sarah Tang, sex coach uh, on Frisky Friday, all about the orgasm gap.